everyone uh welcome to an eventually super train mini so we are talking future cop and yes i am hefting my copy of uh, merrill's uh movies made for television the telefeature and miniseries 64 to 86 page 155 future cop abc may 1st 1976 paramount pictures television 90 minutes directed by judd taylor produced and written by anthony wilson Music by Billy Goldenberg. Hooray! Of this house possessed. Uh, Joe Cleaver, Ernest Borgnine, John Haven, Michael Shannon, Sergeant Bundy, John Amos. Those are the three main uh, folks in it. Um, and the basic uh, uh, premise behind it is... Uh, so we start off when we see uh, Ernest Borgnine, John Amos. Uh, it's Haven and Bundy traveling together. They've been uh, sort of beat cops together for 23 years. And they're chasing a Porsche 911 that's been stolen. And... They don't catch it, and Cleaver kind of gets out of the car at one point when the car is trapped, and he's chasing after it, and uh, he doesn't make it. He's Ernest Borgnine chasing a Porsche 911. He, in 1976, he doesn't make it, sadly. And and as he doesn't make it, you hear a woman's uh, voice say, uh, voiceover say something like, uh, the cops are, you know, uh, what is it, like foot soldiers using age-old um, tactics to catch, you know, in, in space-age thing, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then you get the credits, uh, which you heard the theme for. And then we go to, uh, let me play you this clip. This is a clip you see a bunch of sort of 1976-style uh, sort of um, militant kind of guys. And sitting there in the middle of them is a very stoic-looking cop. And here is the scene. This is the police. The entire building is surrounded. Give up. Come out with your hands over your heads. Hey, we got one of your pigs, man! You hear me? You gotta deal with us! No deal. Come on out or we're coming in after you. I kill the pig and dump his body in the street. We waste him. We got no chance at all. We're gonna die here. We got no chance anyway. All right, now kill him. Now let the people know that we're willing to die for what we believe. Now Duvall said it. The blood has got to run in the streets before the mass is awake. Actually, I think you'll find that Duvall's exact quote was that the specter of blood arouses the masses. But in context, he continued to make the point that such an emotional arousal only feeds their emotion and not their reason. And that only a reasoning proletariat can ultimately destroy the power structure. Hey, what about Jackman? He died nailing those pigs to the wall. A popular misconception. Actually, he died of a stomach disorder months after the actual shooting. In point of fact, his last words actually refuted 
his early stand. A robot? No, Commissioner. A functioning biosynthetic android. Haven. What does the name stand for? Nothing. Just Haven. Somehow it all seems like something out of 1984. 1984 is only eight years away. So the cop in that was Haven, who is an android. And this place, Synthetronics, has been creating him, and they want to uh, put him out on the street for an eight-hour shift with a, with sort of a, a well-seasoned cop to see how he does. And we see another great, well, we'll talk about it, we see another great sort of, um, that, that scene with the militants, that was a recreation. They have like a TV studio that they, they're testing him out, and they have another great one, sort of a convenience store, which we'll talk about. But the commissioner doesn't seem too happy, but there's some sort of senator or such... Um, uh, yeah, some sort of senator or something, congressman, something like that. Uh, I don't know the republic. I, I don't know who it is. Uh, and he says, yeah, let's give this guy a try. So they hook him up with uh, Cleaver, Ernest Borgnine. And it's very much sort of, you know, I've been on the force for this long, and you're going to hook me up with a rookie kind of thing. And, and in fact, here is the scene where they meet and a bit of them in a diner together. Uh, listen. <laughs> oh, Cleaver on rookie orientation. Out of sight. Oh, shut up. You were a rookie, man. What I wouldn't give to see that. What would you give to see yourself with a bent ear? A bent ear. <laughs> Hi. You must be Officer Cleaver. I think we're going to be working together. Get in. You drive, Fumblebutt. Of course. And slowly, very slowly, I got to rest. Of course. Man, I'm hungry. Aren't we required to put in three hours before a meal period? Stuff that noise. Make a left, pull over there by that restaurant. Western for you. What are you going to have? Yeah, the number three. Okay, gotcha. Uh, usual? What else? How about you, sweetie? Uh, just coffee, thanks. I'm tired, kid. So I'll make it easy. We don't take no 607s or 304s. Just tell them we got a flat tire or the car's disabled or we're on a relief stop, whichever you want, huh? I'd be glad to try to handle them by myself if it's all right with you. Hey, Fumblebutt, don't talk, just listen. There's no points here. Do you just sit until I tell you to jump? And then you jump. Is that loud and clear? Yes, sir. Huh? Would you like me to wait in the car and monitor calls? Did I tell you to? And no, sir. Then just sit and shut up. What'd you think of that scene there, Fumblebutt? So, uh, yeah, they go out and they, they uh, it's the Porsche 911 thing again. They, they track this, this, um, uh, Porsche 911 using um, uh, Haven's sort of tracking skills. They track him to uh, sort of a junkyard and Haven sort of freezes up when he sees a compactor in use, thinking, uh, you know, worried about what the people in this world do to their 
machines and there's a bit of a shootout and, and um uh haven ends up getting damaged and they take him back to uh the uh Sithotronics. and that's that's the moment where where um uh cleaver learns that this is an android and at first he's like oh no i can't do this i can't do this but eventually he kind of warms up to it and says i'd like to go out with him again and there's a great scene where um uh, I'll talk about but the commissioner knowing what Cleaver's done and thinking that, yeah, Cleaver's done a great job because um, th- they didn't catch the bad guys and, and uh, Haven got injured. He's going to put um, Haven and Bundy on some sort of um, uh, other duty that um, uh, Bundy wants to be on, but Haven doesn't. Haven says, no way, and Bundy says to two, but you learn that Bundy kind of does want to be on that. So Haven says, I'll go back on rookie duty with... Uh, or, but, uh, I got lost, lost in the names. Cleaver says, I'll go back on rookie duty with the android. And there's a great scene where... Um, uh, well, one of, the, one of the things in it is that uh, Haven learns very, very quickly. And a cop early on asks him about football. And Haven doesn't know anything about it. So he does like a high-speed learning session. And learns everything up to that moment. And they're always talking about betting on football. And here's a scene in a diner, the Third Street restaurant, I believe, where uh, Cleaver and Bundy are talking and Haven is sitting nearby. You going out with that rookie for another week? You gotta be kidding. I've been thinking I might even stay on orientation duty. I like rookies. How come you never told me that? Because you never stopped talking long enough to listen. Sure, this hasn't got anything to do with me and tactical? No, it's got nothing to do with you and tactical. It's got to do with me. I figure that one day you gotta start paying your dues. And if we don't bring along these kids, who will? How did that guy ever eat? If you weren't always stuffing your mouth, maybe we could have cracked more action. Me stuffing my mouth? Look, I haven't got time to make small talk with you. We gotta get back to work. What work? You're off stiff. There's a special assignment. Top level. And just until I wrap up the action and I push her in. <laughs> you couldn't even wrap up your own laundry by yourself. Look, are you just going to sit there yammering at me? Or are you going to give me some action on the biking game? Well, you never learned, do you? All right, I'll take the Packers and 12 points. The Packers and 12? Yeah. Uh, you got the Packers and 14 and a half. Four... Yeah, but the line is 12. Yeah, the even money line. We want seven to five. We? What we? What are you kidding me at working it together? <laughs> hey, what's so special about that joker of yours? Well, never mind about him. I just want to know whether you want the action. And from that point, uh, Haven learns a couple more things about human nature, and then they end up um, the final confrontation sort of in the uh, a junkyard and I won't say where exactly uh, with the Porsche 911 bad guy and stuff like that and it's you know I'm going to leave it there I'm going to leave it there I think I've gone far enough on that you could watch it on your own but let, let me just say that um, yeah Future Cop uh, is a short lived TV series this is the TV movie that premiered oh geez in the vicinity of about a year before the short lived uh, series itself 
that's why it's getting the mini sewed here and i think it's uh i mean it's it's 76 so it's uh after six million dollar man you know it's after uh, uh well it's uh 73 four, four, five, five, six, 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 seven, eight. So it's um oh, well seventy six. It's also after the Bionic Woman. Sorry, I was doing some figuring in my head there. It's also after the Bionic Woman. You know, it's the android cop who's gonna who's the new future of cops who 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 definitely has his charms as we'll talk about. Um, but you know, then Ernest Borgnine as Cleaver has his charms and, and John Amos as uh, as Bundy does too. Um, yeah, Haven is sort of. Uh, like data from next gen uh, early on uh, with a lot of taking taking things very literally a um, a waitress uh, named uh, who who's played by the actress who played Miss uh, Cooper Smith in that one episode of um, Ellery Queen where Ellery hurts his hand and they ha- he has to hire on a gal Margie Cooper Smith I think I forget the actress's name but I may have it here uh, I don't have it here um, so. Uh, but anyways, yeah, you know, it's like she says, ah, go take a walk to him when she thinks she's been insulted. So he's just out taking a walk. You know, and then in the end, there's a scene where uh, uh, um, uh, Cleaver goes to try to catch them. The guy with the rifle who's in the impound, uh, um, the junkyard. And um, and he says, don't you move, Haven. You stay right here. Freeze. Don't you move until I tell you to. And so Haven's like standing there knowing something bad's gonna happen and beep boop beep boop beep boop beep and he doesn't move and he doesn't move. And so so it's stuff like that mixed with moments where, you know, he, he can match the tire tracks with um you know, like this is a tire that they use on a Porsche, so let's follow this, to using his sensors to try to track down where the Porsche is in this junkyard, and uh, counting the number of bullets fired from guns, stuff like that. And uh I don't know, um overall I think it's quite a charming uh sort of it's I mean, I imagine it was a setup for the TV series, although it was quite some time before the TV series started, as I said. But it, it's very charming. I think it moves at a pretty decent pace, uh, and it sort of sets it all up nicely and introduces you to Cleaver and introduces you to Haven and puts them together for that first initial sort of tussle they get into, and then they separate, and then they come back together, and then it quickly leads into the ending. I, I think it works nice when I think of sort of movies from this time period not not always specifically well most of the time a lot of shows like this were tv movies predating the actual series itself and when i'm sort of thinking of of stuff like this and leaving out sort of like mysteries like ellery queen mysteries columbo like that the only one i can think of that that sort of grabs my uh grabs my attention um as being uh, more in- better be- better done more more well done a uh, nicer done is uh, I think Gemini Man possibly I still like the way Gemini Man uh, brings the two sort of um, elements together in that way you know I'll go over that some other time or you can read my review of it and uh, some Polish American guy reviews things uh, but but I think that one does a better job uh, it's Leslie Stevens writing who I think is an excellent writer uh, but uh, obviously, outer limits. But I, I think this one does a pretty nice job. I mean, it it's kind of um, its focus is it's more manimal esque, where its focus mainly is on setting up a world. Uh, but whereas Manimal had a new episode showing up in a week or two, this you, you, they had no idea if they were going to get a new episode. But it sets up the world nicely, and it, I mean, it starts off immediately with that the Porsche thing, and then that comes in like twenty five minutes later. And then it's sort of, um, sort of hounds uh, Cleaver's mind throughout, and then he finally has is he has the assistance from uh, uh, um, uh, 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 Haven to 
actually try to solve the case and get it solved, which which is cool. So yeah, so as far as these TV movie setting things up go, uh, leaving out um, like Detective series, uh, even like the Rockford Files, which I think is a pretty wonderful opener. Shows like this sort of, I guess it's a copy. Well, it's a sci-fi show because it's got a yeah yeah. Which shows like this? Um, I prefer Gemini Man, but I think this is better than say Man from Atlantis, which I've I've, I've mentioned before. It sort of does a thing with the first half of it is the Man from Atlantis discovery stuff and who is he, and then the second half is with Mr. Schubert, and I just think they're too sort of disparate. Uh, they should have been combined earlier. But yeah, I I think this is quite a charmer. I mean, it's not going to win any awards or anything, but I think it's decently written. It's well put together. Ernest Borgnine, as always, is a lot of fun. Uh, he does a lot of running in this. And there are times, uh, like like the opening scene where he runs, um, you meathead, he he seems okay, a little out of breath. But then the other scenes, like where he's with Haven, he runs out of breath immediately. So I'm wondering if, like, when he runs with John Amos, do they have a different kind of pace where he doesn't run out of breath as quickly? Because, yeah, whenever, like, uh, Haven begins to speed up, uh, instantly Borgnine is like, oh, wait a minute, let me go first. And he's completely, completely out of it. And John Amos, of course, is always fun. He, he isn't in a lot of scenes. I mean, he is very much presented as the, the guy who's been with, uh, yeah, Borgnine's character for ages, and now they're sort of separating slightly. But there is a nice uh, niceness to it in the end where um, uh, uh, there's there's a thing where um, they're going to... Uh, John Amos's rookie, Bundy's rookie, is going to go up against Cleaver's rookie in a, you know, shooting range thing. And you know... You know how that will go. But what else do we have in here? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to scan through the notes I have on this, and we're just going to kind of go through it. Oh, yeah, there's a great scene where the, the holdup, the, the second of the reenactment things, you don't know that they're reenactments until later. It's actually interesting because you get the, the militant scene, and then you get this convenience store scene, and then after you get introduced to Haven over screens and stuff, and you're like, oh, some, this was some great surveillance footage. And they show the commissioner and the senator, assemblyman or ombudsman or whoever it is walking down the um, walking down the hall. Uh, you suddenly you see... Um, uh, you, you're on the convenience store, and you're like, oh, here I am in the convenience store, and the camera kind of goes back, and you realize it's a set. And then you see all these other sets, and you're like, wait a minute, where am I? What is happening? Is the, did we just go meta? Did we just pull out from... But no, it's, it's these are training sets uh, on synthetronics. And there's a great scene that I really liked, which I, I think has, is, is interesting for, for today, in that you have a, you're in a convenience store, a uh, white guy behind the counter, African-American gentleman is shopping as the only other person in there. And the white guy behind the counter looks very pensive. And then a little old lady comes in, and the white guy kind of looks over at the, the, the black guy and looks at the little white lady. And is like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is she going to be okay? I don't trust this guy over here. Instantly, the little old lady pulls a gun, says, give me all your money. Go over there, kid, you know, to the guy, to, to the guy, the guy behind the counter. You stand right there. And, and so the two guys are kind of standing there with their hands up. And um, the, the, uh, the old guy behind the counter suddenly pulls a gun, and they start shooting and shooting. And then, uh, and uh, uh, I, I believe the old guy behind the counter gets shot. I, I think. Why do I? Why have I forgotten that? But the old guy behind the counter, I believe, gets shot. Yes, he does, because the cops pull up, and you see the cop approaching, and the little white lady throws the gun to the black guy and says, "Catch!" The, the black guy catches it, and all of a sudden the cop walks in, and it's Haven. And the old lady, little white lady's like, oh my gosh, look what happened. Oh, look what he did. And the guy's like, whoa, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And Haven looks at the guy, looks at the lady. Looks back at the guy, looks at the lady, and says, "Ma'am, you're under arrest." It's like, yeah. And as they're, as the the senator is walking with the um, 
sort of one of the um, the the professors, uh, scientists who have made. There are two scientists, a woman and a man, who have made uh, Haven. And the woman is sort of more of the spokesman, and the scientist is more of the "I he understands me, he understands me" kind of guy. I got the accent slightly wrong, but uh, there is a uh, so so there's a moment where they're walking, and uh, the commissioner's like, "Well, how did that happen?" Well, the burn marks on the ha- the the gun marks or the burn or the powder or the whatever it is on the hand, um, um, uh, Haven was able to see that and and uh, realize that the uh, old it was the old woman and not the guy, and and the cop was like, "Ah, well, I don't know. Well, what took him three seconds would have taken your lab twenty four hours. Ah, so it took us a little longer." And the sci- the scientist stops. She looks at the commissioner and says. But would you? But even with all your uh, lab guys and all that stuff and all the time, would you have held a little old lady? And he had kind of commissioner has this look on his face, like, yeah, probably not. And I thought, who zing? I like that. That that was actually a really, really nice uh, bit of social stuff there, which I enjoyed. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, interrogation. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the commissioner's kind of a jerk. He's not for. Um, he's not for whatever it is that is going on. Uh, with this, he doesn't like the thought of android cops. I mean, we have so many of them today. Who would be who would be worried about them? To be honest, you know, when you think when you think you know android cops, that's pretty much all the cops you see. And it's great that they um, they say this this cop he even looks familiar, and his face is a mix of James Arness, Paul Newman, and a young Lauren Green. Hey, sure, why not? Why not? I'm all, I'm <laughs> I'm all for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's a nine one one, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. You heard that great scene where uh, Borgnine is calling him a fumble butt, and I don't know, he calls him a fumble butt right off, but he hasn't done anything. And then what happens is um, during the shootout, the fir- the shootout in the junkyard um, with the three guys who have just brought the portion there, like twenty five minutes in, uh, what uh, they don't know, or I think I don't think Haven knows it, um, uh, is that. Um, he he had blanks in his gun, so he's shooting at the guy with this rifle, and he's just like nothing's happening. And Borgnine's like, "Oh, you fumble butt!" But he had blanks in the gun, and that that will come up later. And so yeah, what else do we got? Uh, holding holding the line against automation. Borgnine rejects him, and you know, I, for every for every moment that's kind of lovely, where we're. we're um, in the end, when Borgnine tries to talk to, you know, it's going to be, this is on DVD, folks, but just some spoilers, you know, um, Haven is damaged during the final shootout, and there's a lovely moment where um, Borgnine is talking to him, and it's really not nicely done scene, but then there's another scene uh, where he sort of, um, he's rejected Haven for being a machine, and he the way he kind of gets him back is he's in the third street uh, restaurant there and some kid is playing uh the pinball um pinball game nip it i didn't look too close what was happening you know on the cartoon portion of nip it you know like on the on the on the uh the thing there where you, where you see what it's about i don't know what what is that called the it's not a screen you know but like if you're playing the you know, if you're playing the Doctor Who pinball game, you know, the thing you're you're staring at, like right in front of you that draws your attention is, you know, the uh, picture of all the doctors, you know, and then you look down and it's, it's the playing. I don't know how pinball games work, but, but whatever it is, the image that pulls you in, it's just as nip it. And I did not look to see what the rest of it was. I, I could not do that. But yeah, and, and he shoes the kid away, pops in a quarter, and he says, it's just a machine, you know, you gotta be nice to it, you gotta be, you know, you gotta treat it right, and he's like, oh, I know what to do now, and you're like, eh, okay, you know, that's, you know, it's not all, it's not all great, but I think it is all, it's mostly pretty solid, 
and let's see um there's there's some nice bits um and there, there are a couple of uh, bits um uh there's a, there's a line what is it someday i'll tell you the truth kid about um uh, police work which which is nice I, I won't give you the full scene on that but that's a that's a there's a lovely line i'm just looking at some lines i have here uh the residual heat thing uh which doesn't go too well for um for haven there um and as they're looking at a map to see where all the porsches have been stolen from uh uh cleaver is, is drinking a big old beer and there's a great moment where um haven says what does that do for you and he says takes you out of this world and puts you in a better one kid and he kind of rethinks that a bit but the way he says it is pure borgnine i mean you get a lot of great borgnine moments here and you'll hear one at the end uh, just quietly it's a quiet one but uh, a lot of great borgnine moments i think it has a really uh, lovely ending it has a really sweet ending to it and um and it's it sets it sets up i mean you you it's yeah yeah it is really one of those tv movie um, potential pilots i guess we call it a potential pilot when we don't know if, if the series is going to follow i just made did i make that up i don't know but uh it is is kind of a lovely setup because you get a very basic very basic um thing crime that they have to stop but you get all the interaction between them there's a lot of lovely stuff between cleaver and and haven and it's really nice and I, you want to see that grow so luckily there is more to it now having said that there's not a lot to it there are only five episodes of the show four hour long one two hour and we will discuss that more when we get to the uh next eventually super train episode uh was it 57 58 i forget which one it is but we'll be uh, start discussing the first aired episode of future cop but i just want to kind of give you a broad overview of this i i found it quite charming like i said it's not um it's not a world beater i think it's a pretty it's it's a slightly above average tv movie of the time which is one of those tv movies like i said clearly setting up trying to set up a series and i i find it charming i find it quite charming you put ernest borgnine and john amos in i'm quite it's quite charming um michael shannon who plays um uh, uh haven and haven doesn't stand for anything they say uh, you think it's going to be they're going to have an acronym uh, an awkward acronym but they don't um it's Haven. He's good. He he. You warm up to him, and the that opening scene you heard with the militants. It's a little um, little stilted, but I think it works and it builds. And um, by the end, you really like. I mean, it's really sweet. The ending. It really works, and they do it really nicely. And um, and you want to see more of it, which is exactly uh, how you want it to work. I've I've said many times before that I think the best length for a movie is between like 70-75 minutes if you can go shorter even better if you go longer not too much longer but 70-75 is perfect in there and the 90 minute TV movies at around 73 minutes are right in that spot you know just in the spot when you're thinking alright get, get to the end I look at the timer and it's like 58 minutes I'm like they're almost at the end and this this works this is this is nice and i think mill creek put out this set uh and so it's a two disc set and we'll talk more uh when we get to the regular episodes about um uh sort of the setup of the show and things but uh oh and there was one moment a lot of a lot of i think apart from the synthetronic thing and maybe a you know a set in the in the police station a lot of great locations in this uh but the junkyards and the and the city streets uh of la and some uh some great um uh moments on great little side streets and things at a moment too when they i think they leave the third street restaurant and get in their cars and um if you've ever seen the paramount studios which are kind of um 
well, geographically, it doesn't really matter where they are. They're in L.A. They're in L.A. Uh, but but you, you, you see that they're like, I, I was watching it. My wife was on the couch. And I said, oh, do you recognize that? And she said, "Are those? is that the back of the Paramount Studios? And I said, I believe it is. So that was pretty awesome to see those locations, especially in like 76. And they didn't, uh, didn't do a thing like Adam 12 always did, where they'd be out on the streets and it would be the streets. And then it'd be like, all right, we got a call. They take a right. And then suddenly they'd be on the back lot. And you know, oh, they're on the back lot. As always, as we said back in the day, Manimal, the way you can tell a back lot is when you look into the distance, it curves off. It curves away. It doesn't go off into the distance because then it would go into like, I don't know, like, a, you know, Amity or, or something. You know you know what I mean? So uh, another, the old West Town or something. But that is that is Future Cop, folks. And I think it's, it's a fun TV movie. And to be honest, I've watched Future Cop twice. And I've only watched the first two episodes of the series. So this is going to be... And I don't really remember the first one. Uh, and so I'm excited to see... I'm hoping I'll really enjoy it. I mean, like I said, there's not much to it. Um, I, I'm hoping it'll be better than Beyond Westworld, which I, I would love to see again. But I, I remember being so vague. So I'm going to wrap it up. And um, I don't know if I have any closing music, but I do have this burst from Mr. Borgnine. It's a little quiet. You're going to love it. Oh, sweet Jesus. 